So, the shepherd's candle that has been lit across the world today, symbolizing in the third, the third Advent Sunday. It's called the shepherd's candle and it symbolizes joy. And I'm sure you all gathered that because we have sang songs about joy. We have um, even mentioned joy in the tithes and offerings. I mean, little joy this morning, seriously, when we were singing hello joy, she was literally there waving because she actually thought we were saying hello to joy. <laughs> it's so cute. I said to my daughter that, you know, I was going to be bringing a message on joy. And I said, I thought I could just literally hold up joy and walk up and down with joy and then backwards and forwards and then we'd be done because she is a joy. She's an absolute joy. That little girl suits her name. She has lived up to her name. I mean, she's given her mum and dad some other issues, but so for me, she has lived up to her name. <laughs> As have, I must say, all of the toddlers that we have here. I absolutely adore them. I'm so, they're just amazing. Just wide-eyed and so much to learn and so much to actually take in. And I pray that we'll have that wide-eyed, so much to learn about the love of Jesus and the goodness of God that that will be our posture as well. But joy to the world because the Lord has come. And the portion of scripture pertaining to the shepherd's candle is found in Luke 2, verse 8 to 14, and I'm going to read it. Verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flock of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And I wonder what on earth it must have been like to be a shepherd in that moment, they had waited 700 years for the prophecy that the Messiah would be born to actually be fulfilled. 700 years, that is a jolly long time. 700 years. So they would have known about it. They would have been taught about it through the scripture, reading of the scripture. They would have heard about it from their fathers and from their grandfathers, their parents. Would have talked about one day the Messiah is going to come. And then on this night, suddenly... Suddenly, and I believe God can do suddenlies. I don't know what you may have been waiting for, but I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can come and there can be suddenlies in your life. We talk about process and often there is a process because it's not just about a quick fix. We actually have to learn new ways, renew our mind and learn new habits in order to live in the goodness of God that he's provided for us. But there are also suddenlies, and I'm believing that 2024 is going to be a year of suddenlies, a year of breakthrough in your life, amen? A year of suddenlies where people you've been praying for for years and years actually encounter Jesus in 2024, or even before the end of this year, amen? I have faith for it. I have faith for it. In preparing these messages, my faith has been so stirred, and on the realization of what we actually believe, 
what we actually believe. The angels, they, they came, the angel came and told the shepherds that it was good news. Good news. I think I would have said it's absolutely, simply, marvelously, magnificent news. Good news of great joy for all people. And this news, the good tidings of great joy for all people that the angel referred to was the incarnation of God. The incarnation of God. God himself who was holy and loving and absolutely all things wonderful. God himself, 100% God, chose to become 100% human. There was no way, no way whatsoever that you and I or humanity at any stage would have been able to come up to the holiness that God was. Never. And in this moment, we see that God who was wanting a relationship with humanity, just like he wanted with Adam and Eve, he wanted to know us intimately. He wanted to have a relationship with us. He made the decision to lay aside his deity, to lay aside his glory, to leave heaven and actually come to the earth that he created in the most vulnerable of ways, a baby. Not even an adult who can sort themselves out, a baby, who was vulnerable, who needed to be cared for, to be fed, to be nurtured. He came in the most vulnerable way. 100% God became 100% man. The incarnation of God. And if this is true, which apparently 2.4 billion approximately people across the planet have experienced it to be so. If this is true, and I believe it is, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit... You know, that's what we believe in. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe in the virgin birth. If this is true, I wonder what would happen across our world and across and even in our homes this Christmas if we actually grasp what this actually means. The incredible miracle that this moment is. What could happen if we grasp the enormity of this incredible miracle? I do believe that it will stir our faith. It's certainly been stirring mine. It will stir our faith to continue to believe God for the impossibles to become possible. What is it that seems impossible in your life? The things that, I, that seem impossible because they've not happened for years and years in my family setting, I am still believing God for. I am holding on to it because this is stirring my faith. I believe in the incarnation. I believe in 100% God becoming 100% man. I mean, seriously, I believe that. So what is my problem with the rest of the stuff I'm believing God for? Amen? And we need to meditate on the word of God to have our faith stirred, to have our faith built up. Amen? Advent season. This is what it's about. The Advent season is actually John 3 verse 16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This was the only way for Jesus, who was holy and fully God, to actually come to be able to take us back and fetch us back into a rightful place with God. Our righteousness on its own is described in Isaiah as filthy rags. Filthy rags. The very best we could do is described as filthy rags. So it took a holy God coming down to us to actually scoop us up and bring us back into this beautiful relationship. And what a blessed people we are. That's why 
we can sing of the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, our God, he is infinitely holy and he is infinitely loving. And because of that, our sins could not just be swept under the carpet. He had to deal with them. But he didn't deal, use us to deal with them. He used his son. Like I wonder if we could even just grasp just the enormity of the price that was paid so that you and I could experience salvation. It is really quite incredible that we can sing no more guilt, no more shame. Fear is not my future, you are. I, I pray that the joy of being able to sing those words, to declare those words, will be stirred up in our hearts again and that we won't become familiar. We will not become familiar with the sacrifice. We will not become familiar with the joy. It's in there. And sometimes we've got a jolly lid on top of it or a cement truck on top of it. And you know, the Holy Spirit can help untap that potential of joy that is within us. Amen. And I believe he will. See, the wonderful thing about a holy God and a loving God is that he will not leave us the same way he finds us. So he didn't just come to save us. He, came, he didn't just come to secure heaven. He came to transform us so that whilst we're living here on earth, we can live the full life that he has given to us. Amen. Transformation from the inside out because of the Holy Spirit that is within us. So when we made Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives, his spirit came to dwell in us. And now the spirit of God wants to transform us to become more and more like Jesus. And this is good news. This is good news. Because, you know, we live in a fallen world. There is pain. There is suffering. There are challenges. But with the joy of the Lord, we can be strengthened to stand and to keep standing and to keep standing and not to be knocked over with the wind and the storms, but to stand with joy. Amen. And Jesus, he wants us to experience his joy. His joy. So it's not a happiness thing. This is a supernatural joy. John 17 verse 13 says, this was Jesus. He was praying to God on behalf of his followers, which actually include you and I today. And this is what he said. And now I, Jesus was saying, I'm coming to you. I say these things while I'm still in the world so that my joy may be made full and complete and perfect in them, meaning you and I that they may experience my delight fulfilled in them, that my enjoyment may be perfected in their own souls, which remember is our mind, our emotions, and our will, that they may have my gladness with them filling their hearts. And I'm, when I read this, I'm like, the joy that Jesus has. Because in Hebrews 12 verse 2, we see that it was the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross for. So he endured the cross. He took the shame, the guilt for the joy that was set before him. That is some serious joy. <laughs> like what kind of joy would make someone endure all that suffering that wasn't even theirs to suffer? And he is saying to us that he wants us to experience that kind of joy. Joy unspeakable. 
joy unspeakable. We, there was a, I don't know, when I was growing up, we say joy unspeakable and full of glory. Where is your Kim? He's probably heard that. <laughs> joy unspeakable. I do think the English language is inadequate to describe the joy that can come from Almighty God. But let's talk a little bit about joy. First of all, let's talk about what joy is not. So joy is not happiness. Although happiness is wonderful, it's actually not happiness. You see, happiness has its root word in hap, which is indicative of what is happening. And so if joy is on, based on what's happening, there I would say every single one of us have got things going on that are not joyful. Happiness is described as the fragrance you smell when the breeze comes your way. So if you're in a field of flowers and the breeze comes and you smell the sweetness of the flowers, that's great for that moment, but it's fleeting, it passes. Either if the wind stops or if you walk away from the flowers. So that's happiness. That's a way of describing it. It's, it isn't an emotion. It is an emotion. And we are emotional beings. You know, some of us cry at the drop of a hat. Some of us laugh, you know, loudly. Like, we are emotional beings. God created us that way. But this is, in, this is an emotion. And it's great to have it. It's great to have the happy birthday and the happiness. It's good. We need more of that. But what we need more so is joy. The other thing about joy, it's not based on external circumstances or achievements. You can feel happy about what you've achieved. Or you can feel sad about what you have not achieved. So happiness is not based on external circumstances or achievements. Joy is founded in what God Almighty brings to our lives. So therefore, my dears, joy is a supernatural force. A supernatural force. And when I think of force, I think of Niagara Falls. I've had the privilege of being there and seeing it. And my goodness, the force. But can you imagine that force being joy coming out of your life? Can you imagine what rubbish it could get away? Like literally, like seriously, the force of Niagara Falls, it literally, pe people have died trying to kind of, I mean, why would they do that in any case, try and raft down there? They made it illegal, but they haven't put any barriers up or anything. But seriously, it literally could push so much away. And you know what, my dears, we have got the fruit of the Spirit living within us. We've got love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That is a force, a spiritual force to be reckoned with that can push back the darkness, push back the confusion, push back the misunderstandings. Amen? And joy is part of that. So joy is a supernatural force. It's a fruit of the Spirit, as we see in Galatians 5.22. So joy is central to God's very being. It is part of his nature and character. So it's not a personality trait. It's not because I'm called Joyce that I'm joyful. No. I never liked my name when I was a kid. Have I ever told you this? Let me tell you this. We'll have a little session here. I never liked my name when I was a little girl because I felt the only people I knew who were called Joyce were elderly. And I was a little girl called Joyce. And 
my brother is called Aaron, the other, you know, Moses' brother, the other one's called Stephen, first martyr, my sister is called Sharon, the Rose of Sharon, Lily of the Valley, my father's called David, David and Goliath, and then I was Joyce. And uh, so I wasn't very happy, but I do remember speaking to my dad about it and complaining about my name and suggesting I have another name. And then he actually told me that the root word for Joyce is joy. And that's what it means. I'm like, actually, I think I like that. So ever since then, I've been fine with my name. So keep calling me Joyce. But it's not a personality attribute. It's actually a characteristic of God himself. And it is what he has put in each and every one of us. And like anything he gives us, it can grow and develop as we water it. And we're going to talk about watering joy in a moment. The other thing about joy is joy gives us strength. It gives us strength. We've been singing about that tonight. Joy leads to strength and strength enables us to stand strong in times of crisis and challenge and difficulties. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 where that, may, that line comes from, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's a fantastic line. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's at the end of verse 10. But there is so much more to Nehemiah where walls are being rebuilt, the city is being rebuilt. And what we read in Nehemiah 8 is that the people were listening to the stories of old as the, the, the law was being read to them. And they were weeping, not happy tears, they were weeping with grief. And Nehemiah, in verse 10, this is what he says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to the Lord. And then he says, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That is the whole verse where that one line comes from. So how are you today? Where are you today? As we head into the end of the 2023, heading into 2024, has there been grief in your life recently this year? Is there grief from things of the past? Well, the word of the Lord is do not grieve. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, the um, loss, grief is not just the loss of somebody. It can be the loss of something, whether it's a relationship, a job, the loss of a dream, or the, you know, where something just hasn't materialized. There's so many different things, and we've all experienced loss. We've all experienced the pain and the suffering of loss, some more than others. But what God is saying here is we're not denying loss. We're not denying how it makes us feel. But what God is telling us, he's reminding us that, yes, there is grief in our story, but that is not the end of our story. There is grief, but that is not our future. We can have strength because the joy of the Lord will strengthen you to walk through whatever it is you have experienced. You know, when we read in Psalm 84, we read about the people walking through the valley of Baca. And I would love it if you took the time to read Psalm 84 in your own time this week. Because the children, the, the, the people are walking through the valley of Baca. And the Hebrew word for Baca means weeping. They're walking through the valley of weeping, but they are not staying there. So there is a process of walking through grief and loss, but it's not staying there. It's not getting a tent and then designing a house and then making sure you stay there and inviting everybody to come and live with you there. It's actually about walking through. And you know, I can't think of a better person to walk through grief with. I can't think of a better person to weep with or weep in front of than God himself. Amen? 
He wants to walk us through. And, you know, a church community also wants to walk you through. Together with God and with each other, we can actually walk through the valley of weeping and come out on the other side. It's not easy, but we can do it with the power of the Holy Spirit in us. You know, Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And sometimes it may seem that the night is a long night or many nights. But I want to remind you by the, you know, by the, from the word of God, the word of God that Jesus says, weeping may endure for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And I'm believing for mornings to suddenly come in your life. Amen. Amen. You know, what we see in Psalm 84 is that the people didn't see the valley of weeping, the valley of Baca. They didn't see it as a place of despair. When you read that psalm, you will see that they also saw it as a place where they would experience the Lord's faithfulness in an even more profound way. And I wonder if we have that expectation when we're going through challenges, if we would just remind ourselves and remind each other that God is going to prove himself faithful again and again and again. He will be faithful. He is steadfast. He is immovable. He will never forsake you, never leave you. He will be with you forever. Amen. So wherever you may be today, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, on his promises on his miracle working power, which we already believe in, on his transforming power. Stay patient. And we can stay joyful in being patient. I'm sometimes a bit grumpy when being patient. But I want to be more joyful in being patient. Amen? Joy will strengthen you for the journey. And we need his strength. The other thing about joy, joy overflows to others. You know, joy changes an environment. You literally can bring joy into an environment and change it. Everything God's put in us, we can use it to actually bless other people. Joy adds value to every area you take it to. And if you've got joy in you, wherever you go, joy follows. Joy goes with you. We carry the presence of God. And God wants to walk into all the areas. He wants to be in your home. He wants to be in your workplace, in your school, in your uni. Especially this Christmas. If you may be going back to family and you're not, take joy with you. If family are coming to you, make sure that you are full of the joy of the Lord so that what's in you can overflow and bless them. And we see that in Nehemiah 8 verse 10 where basically they were told to go and prepare things for those who had nothing. For those who had nothing. And you know, we're doing that through kindness project. The joy project. The kindness project. We're actually bringing to others what they don't have. It's an overflow of the goodness of God in our lives. But I feel like it's not just the practical things. The spirit of joy is something our world desperately needs. The spirit of joy. The joy of the Lord is needed. And if people don't know Jesus yet, how would it make them feel if they met you and experienced just as a splash effect, the joy that is bubbling up and overflowing from you like a river, as we sang before, rising up like a river, amen? So like God to say, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others, amen? My father used to pray that over us. 
He used to pray that we would be a blessing. And my older brother got a little bit upset with him one day. He said, why are you always asking us to be a blessing? Why don't you ask God to bless us? And my father said, well, obviously, if you're going to be a blessing to someone, that means you're already blessed. And we're like, oh, good points. Good points. I wonder if we could believe for that to be the case this Christmas. I just, I just know that it can be so different this Christmas if we grasp this. The impact of joy benefiting other people's lives. Amen. Listen to this scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 2. It has got so many contradictions. It's really quite... I, I never saw the scripture this way until I prepared it for this message. Now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, awaking in them a longing to contribute. For during an ordeal of severe distress, their abundant joy and their deep poverty together overflowed in the wealth of their lavish generosity. Like what on earth? What on earth is this all about? That is not natural. That is supernatural. That scripture blows me away. Reaching out and being generous to others while experiencing sorrow as these people were, comes from a supernatural joy given to us by God himself. So how can we develop this joy? Because this is really important. And I want to give time and expression to this. Because joy doesn't come because of an absence of trouble, but because of an ongoing relationship with God. It's his joy in us and us joying in him. That isn't actually a word, but we can make it up for now. Joying in Him. The more we know Him, the more we know we can trust Him. The more we know we can trust Him, the more the opportunity for joy to be developed. Amen? You're not going to be joyful around somebody you don't trust. But how are we going to get to know Him? We're going to get to know Him through His Word. Remaining in Christ Jesus. You know, Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can trust Him as we remain in Him. John 15 talks about that. Talks about remaining in the vine. Remaining connected, not just side by side, not just coming to church on a Sunday. That's a great start. But that's not remaining in him. If I pulled out the plant from my garden and brought it here for an hour and a half every Sunday and then took it back home and then brought it back here, it's just not going to work. Remaining with our roots going down deep into the soil of the Word of God. Remaining in him. How do we remain in him? We remain in his words. We have got so many Bibles in our home alone. How many have you got? We've got it on our phone. We've got it on, on, you know, in paper. We've got the Word of God. And you know, it's not about how much of it you know. It's what are you doing with what you do know. What are you going to do with Psalm 84 this week? What are you going to do with the Scriptures that have been brought to you tonight? I think I've told you before that my mother taught me to meditate on Psalm 23 just by using the first five words, the Lord is my shepherd. The, 
the one and only capital T, Lord, Lord God Almighty, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, who will rule and reign forever and ever. We started talking about the Lord, is present tense. He will always be. So when she passed away in 2020, I was still holding to the Lord of my shepherd that she taught me when I was a little girl. Is, and it was so present. My, my personal, the Lord Jesus is my shepherd. You know, he may be yours, but hey, I'll tell you what, I've got such a revelation that he is my shepherd. He's mine. Shepherd, what does a shepherd do? Leads and guides, takes care of the flocks, brings correction. My mother reminded me also. Amen. That was just five words that still minister to me today. What will you do with five words in the Bible? If we were never to have a Bible in our hands ever again, what scripture would you memorize so that it would be in you? And I just feel if we can just afresh honor what Jesus has done and honor the word that we have. Amen. Joy. Well, joy also comes from being in God's presence. It says in Psalm 1611 that in his presence is fullness of joy. So if joy comes from being in God's presence, how do we get in his presence? Well, I'm pleased you asked because in Psalm 22 verse 3, it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And actually speaking of praise, why don't the team come back up? That would be fantastic. God inhabits the praises of his people. That means his presence, God Almighty's presence is at home in our praise. He is at home in our praise. Do you want God to be at home in your life? Do you? Then you can praise him and he will come and inhabit those praises and he will be at home in your praise. And praise is simply thanking God for what he's done, what he is doing, and, what, and by faith, what he is going to do. That's what praise is, simply thanking God for what he's done, doing, and by faith, what he is going to do. And it changes the atmosphere. It opens the door for his presence and that opens the door for his joy and that opens the door for his strength. And my dears, it is all available to every single one of us. So as we bring this Advent Sunday, the shepherd's candle has been lit, representing joy. As we bring this Advent Sunday to a close, I pray that we will, we will remember what the angel spoke to when he reassured the shepherds, when he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid as we finish 2023 and go into 24. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. And that is indeed good news for you, for your family, your friends, for our city, for our nation, for our world. It's what our world needs. Our world needs good news. 
And my prayer this Christmas is that we will all experience the joy of our salvation in the most powerful, fresh way. That the Spirit of God will do something in each of our lives and our hearts afresh. And that we will make room for Him to do it, to move, to speak to us. We won't get caught up with everything else. As wonderful as the turkey and the stolen and the stuffing and all of that's going to be, let's not get caught up in all of that and miss what this is all about.